You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. We start with that major shakeup for the struggling Whitecaps. For decades, Bob Leonarduzzi has been the ambassador of soccer in BC. Today, he was pushed out as president and given a new role as club liaison. Here's sports director Squire Barnes with how it all went down. Side of the defense, Bob Leonarduzzi, the very popular Canadian. He has been Mr. Soccer since the Whitecaps began. And in many ways, pro soccer is still in Vancouver because of Bob Leonarduzzi. But in recent years, being the face of the Whitecaps has made him the target of fan frustration. If I were to suggest it uh, hasn't bothered me, I'd, I'd be lying. I signed on for the, the job and I've been through it as a player, as a coach um, and as, as the president. So I accept that it comes with the territory. But there is some criticism that Bob thinks has been grossly unfair. A lot of the things that, uh, that have, I've been um, blamed for, a lot of them I haven't had a lot to do with. Long effort! Oh, what a goal! But I think one of the things that I've been, um, I've been targeted for is that, that I'm bringing the players in. It's not the case. The front office shakeup only involved Leonard Doozy's position, no one else's. But the club says they still want Leonard Doozy's input. Bob's uh, been a and continues to be an important voice at the club. I'm turning to Bob, Mark's turning to Bob, we're all turning to Bob for his thoughts and ideas on what goes on. The Caps were also quick to say this change had nothing to do with the controversy over the handling of harassment allegations from some members of the Whitecaps women's team of 2008. In this particular decision, not at all. It's in our every thought. Uh, but as it pertains to this decision, sporting director, expanding development in this particular area, that's not a, there's no direct line that, uh, that ties, ties into that. And yes, our sports director, Squire Barnes, joins us now commenting on sporting director, the role they're trying to fill now. What are that's they looking for? I never thought about that. That's right. Yeah. What, what are they looking for in this? Well, in this they're sport? looking for, a, obviously, someone else to run things, mm-hmm. but someone who would probably have more responsibility than Bob Leonarduzzi did. Bob Leonarduzzi said there he had nothing to do with players. That was whoever was the coach. Whoever is the coach is essentially kind of the GM as well, although they don't really have the budget in their hands. So they're going to look for someone else who will be more involved with players Mm -hmm. and uh, the word is they'll probably look for someone who is not in major league soccer right now maybe someone overseas one thing about jeff mallet he owns other sports teams so he has a lot of connections beyond just the vancouver whitecaps yeah it's a big role to fill we'll see uh and leonard doozy's still in the organization but in a diminished role much more coverage coming up on sports yes that too all right thanks very much square The big moves had Bob Leonarduzzi and the hashtag VWFC trending on Canadian social media today. Most users seem to agree change had to be made. Mike Martignano says, what took Vancouver Whitecaps so long, LOL. Kyle Tiny says, about damn time. Club liaison is still too involved, though. Andrew at 1188 thinks the Bob Leonarduzzi announcement sounds like Linden all over again, though Linden was a shock. That's a reference to the Canucks shuffle back in 2018. And finally, Drew Snyder showing some support for the demoted icon. Bob Leonarduzzi is the Vancouver Whitecaps, been there from the beginning. Maybe it's time for something new, but let's not trash corporate memory. Again, more coverage coming up in sports. Right now, though... People in Surrey waking up to two crime scenes this morning. A man's body found in a parking lot near the Semiamu Shopping Center early this morning.
just a short distance away from a house that's also behind police tape. Police say the crime scenes are linked to a fatal stabbing, just the latest in a string of high-profile crimes in that community in recent weeks. Jennifer Palma joins us from the scene in South Surrey right now with more. Jennifer. Yeah, you can see, Chris, that the police tape is still up. The investigation is continuing, of course. They had metal detectors out here as well as a dog team. And now there is a vacuum truck sucking out the contents of the catch basins, looking for evidence of the person that they found here stabbed. A lifeless body is shielded from public view under this police tent as Surrey RCMP investigate a homicide in the parking lot of Semiamu Shopping Centre in South Surrey. At around 3 o'clock, uh, members of the Surrey RCMP received the report of a male uh, at, at, at the, uh, in the area of the 1700 block of 152 Street. Uh, when they found the male, uh, he had very grievous injuries, stab wounds and he succumbed to his injuries and died. Certainly a nice area, not normally stuff like this going on around here. Very concerned. I don't know what's going on. With the help of a police dog team, officers were able to track a person to this home on 19A Avenue. The house is minutes from the mall. A man was found there and arrested. Yeah, we don't believe that it was random, but we are still trying to pinpoint um, what exactly happened, what the nature of the fight was, who was there. These are all important questions. It's been a worrisome summer for Surrey residents. Earlier this month, a Hells Angels member was fatally shot in a South Surrey drive-thru. Police say currently there is no connection between recent events and this fatal stabbing they're investigating. But for residents, the crime is cause for concern. I left five years ago and I'm glad. It seems to be getting worse. You know, it's, uh, it definitely seems to be uh, happening more often than not. So it is a concern. It's unsettling, but I mean, what can you do? Well, it's happening everywhere. Well, the whole well, lower mainland has gone to crap, really. Now, while someone is in custody, RCMP say they believe more people were involved in this incident and they are appealing for the public to come forward with any information and, of course, witnesses to come forward. And if anyone has any cell phone video, they'd be interested in seeing that as well. As for the identity of the victim, that remains unknown at this time. Back to you, Chris. All right, Jennifer, thanks very much. Abbotsford police are seeing an alarming trend in the local drug trade and drivers being recruited by gangs. On Wednesday, officers seized fentanyl, crack cocaine, and cash from three teens during a drug trafficking investigation. A 2016 Jeep Wrangler allegedly being used to deliver the drugs was also seized. It may be referred for civil forfeiture. The APD says they're finding street-level drug dealers are using novice drivers to chauffeur them around, oftentimes in their parents' vehicles. They add it's still a crime to facilitate a drug deal, regardless of whether you touch the drugs or not. As soon as you become involved with a gang conflict, whether you're a girl or a boy, whether you're involved in a relationship with somebody in the conflict or you're actually involved yourself, you're putting your whole family at risk of serious injury or possibly death. And we've seen that over and over again in the last few years. Our young people are getting killed over minor associations to the conflict. The operator of an unlicensed daycare where a little boy died has now responded to a lawsuit filed by the child's parents. Baby Mac died in January 2017 inside the Olive Branch daycare. The 16-month-old was found lifeless by his mother, who had followed emergency responders into the home. Baby Mac's parents have launched a lawsuit against daycare operator Susie Ahmed Saad, 
along with Vancouver Coastal Health and the Ministry of Children and Families. In court documents, Saad's lawyer says the death was tragic, but not the result of any negligence. None of the claims have been proven in court. Now to what homeless advocates say is a case of kicking someone who's already down, a woman with no fixed address in Victoria who survives by bouncing from shelter to shelter. Her only possession of monetary value is her truck, but she fears she could lose that too. Richard Zussman explains why she's in trouble with the law. It's all Willie Bupley has of a previous life. Drawings and pictures of her goats, the product of nearly 40 years of farming. I could tell you all their names. I know them by their faces. In January, the woman known as a goat guru lost her farm she was leasing when the owner sold the land. She couldn't find a place to live with her livestock, losing her home and her herd of goats. Now living in this homeless shelter with only this vehicle to her name. I have boxes of books and storage, but the only thing worth money that I have is my truck. Now that's in jeopardy as well. The street where she parks outside the shelter has a two-hour parking limit. She has racked up hundreds of dollars in unpaid parking tickets and is now on the tow list. I have a few health issues that are getting worse rather than better, so I found that I couldn't keep moving my vehicle every two hours, and I started getting ticketed. Bubbly is hoping Victoria City Hall can help asking for free parking for those that have vehicles and live in homeless shelters. Kind of a permit system that we could hang from our rear view mirrors so that people who are homeless and living in shelters who happen to have vehicles don't have to give them up. Mayor Help says if Bupley comes to City Hall, her tickets will likely be waived, but that free parking could get complicated. There was a policy in place many years ago where the city gave out free parking passes to nonprofits and their clients. Um, and it turns out there are more nonprofits and clients than there are parking spaces in the city of Victoria. If a person can demonstrate that they have no other ad address, that they're living in their vehicle, then I think we could waive the fine. For now, the 60-year-old will keep fighting, not just to keep her own vehicle, but for others stuck in the same spot. Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria. And there are some new indications. Vancouver is preparing to clear Oppenheimer Park of the tent city that's grown to over 200 people. The city has installed no parking signs on the block surrounding the park, effective Monday, August 19th. Sources tell Global News the park board will post notices and distribute literature on Monday morning with information for those who will move into single-room occupancy hotels. Vancouver Park Board will also offer storage to people who need it as they transition out of the tent city. Increasingly, the tent city has raised safety concerns for the occupants and for those living nearby. A man is facing attempted murder charges in connection with a shooting in Victoria earlier this month. Officers with guns drawn converged on the 1500 block of Bay Street in the capital city August 6th after a man was shot outside of a home. 28-year-old Tyler Wardrobe is now charged with attempted murder, careless use of a firearm, and possessing a weapon for a dangerous purpose. He was arrested early Wednesday outside of Victoria. The shooting is believed to be targeted and the alleged victim is recovering. Vindication for NDP MLA Ravi Callan this week. The Acting Conflict of Interest Commissioner Lynn Smith has cleared him of wrongdoing in the controversy over ride-hailing in this province. 
Legislative Bureau Chief Keith Baldry has more on this. Keith, this has to do with Callan being on the ride-sharing committee while his father works in the taxi industry. Exactly, Chris, and that's what prompted uh, Liberal MLA Peter Milibar to lodge a complaint with the conflict commissioner. But Lynn Smith, the acting commissioner, basically a slam-dunk victory here for Ravi Kalon. And Smith noting that uh, he was simply part of an all-party committee that had no power to set policy. So therefore, there, no conflict could exist and no apparent conflict could exist as well. So it's a complete victory for Ravi Kalon, the up-and-coming star uh, rookie MLA from Delta North. We caught up with him on the phone today. He's upset with what the Liberals did uh, to him. But Peter Milibar the liberals who, liberal MLA who made their complaint saying this is what the opposition do, does when they come into situations like this. Here's the two of them. I always felt that uh, there wasn't a conflict, conflict of interest and, uh, and to get that ruling uh, after obviously an extensive uh, long period um, is, uh, is, a, is a relief. I think the BC Liberals, uh, they know the rules and they knew this wasn't going to be a conflict of interest, but they took an opportunity to smear me, smear my family, and uh, and I guess that's just the way they do politics, uh, and it's unfortunate. No, I, I think this demonstrates exactly, uh, A, what opposition is supposed to do. Uh, we, we heard concerns out in the broader community around something that uh, there was lots of questions, as witnessed by the amount of work that went into the report and, and the amount of interviews done. Uh, it was something that uh, took a lot of, of digging to get to a final answer. Answer on. So Ravi Kalan, of course, has gone on to a bigger and better things. He's now the parliamentary secretary to the Minister of Forest. And because Doug Donaldson, the minister, lives so far away from Metro Vancouver, he's up in, in, the, in the north, uh, Ravi Kalan will be sort of the de facto minister appearing on, on media appearances increasingly because he's that much more accessible to the media. So he's going to have a higher profile in the months ahead. And uh, this sort of slam dunk victory for him, I think, is very good news for him. Sounds like it. Okay. Keith, thanks very much. Have a good weekend. Well, nearly a week after the Sea to Sky gondola was shut down by a suspected act of vandalism, we know how long the attraction will be offline. Catherine Urquhart has more on the impact to season pass holders and also those who work there. Just hours before her show, Jocelyn Pettit is doing a quick sound check at the Brackendale Art Gallery. The musician scrambled to book the location after her original show was suddenly cancelled. My band and I, we were originally scheduled to perform up at the Sea to Sky Gondola tonight for the concert series. And um, in light of what happened, which is so terrible, um, we had to find a new venue. Jocelyn's concert is among 100 events cancelled since someone vandalized the Sea to Sky Gondola August 10th. Its cable was cut, sending most of the 30 cars crashing to the ground. Now word it won't reopen until spring. Our suppliers have put us in the front of line to manufacture both the cable uh, and the new cabins, and that's extraordinary in and of itself but they take a long time to make. What does this mean for pass holders? They'll be able to use remaining days from this season when the gondola reopens. And what about the 75 employees losing work? Other local businesses are already offering employment. Our team being embraced by other employers in the community uh, and, and finding new connections, and they're off on a new adventure for the most part. As police continue to search for a suspect, this community clearly pulling together. The Squamish community is so wonderful, so supportive, and uh, our hope is that tonight will be a, a gathering of people and there'll be an uplifting energy. Catherine Urquhart, Global News, Squamish. Break a leg tonight. 
A woman pet-sitting in the Tri-Cities caught an unusual burglar on surveillance camera. I came out to find my car doors wide open. That is what Terry McPhail saw earlier this week when the dog she was looking after started barking. The brazen suspect, a black bear, approaches from the bottom left of the screen, entering the driveway of a home in Anmore. It goes over to the red Ford Escape and opens the door like it's done it a hundred times before. The broad daylight break-in over in under two minutes. The bear left empty-handed and caused no damage. Went saw the bear print, started taking pictures when I saw the slobber on the door handle, the paw print, and then later when we got to the security footage, discovered the bear definitely opened the car with his mouth. Wow. All four paws right inside the right inside the car, backed out. Walked around to the other side, <laughs> opened the other door, had a good peek inside, and then wandered off. When I saw the security video, I yeah. thought, this is not the first car this bear has gone through. No doubt. On the eve of the 10th anniversary of the Canada Line, we get a look at the future of the line. Our Jordan Armstrong getting a ticket to ride on the new cars that are set to go into service, boosting capacity greatly next year. This shiny new train represents the future, a much-needed boost in capacity for a line that's been popular since day one. Trains will come more often. So right now in peak we see roughly every three minutes at the peak. Uh, that's going to come down to every two minutes or so. A dozen new trains are coming, which will enable Canada Line to carry an additional 1,400 people per hour. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, That's sweet. The new train should be in service by early next year. We're on board the first one to arrive from Korea. It's undergoing extensive testing here in Richmond. In case you're wondering, it has that new train smell, and each car features a horn, a very loud one. A horn that's only used in manual operation. Under normal circumstances, Canada Line runs automatically from this control room, where systems and more than 500 surveillance cameras are monitored by just seven people. So this gives our control room operators a really clear picture so they can see the Canada Line at any given time and see exactly where the trains are moving. Trains that, more often than not these days, are jammed with people. It gets a bit busy, I guess, during the rush hour, but that's fine. It's nice to see people using it all the time. When I come to this station at around 5, it's pretty packed. It's very tight. Canada Line, a prime example of build it and they will come, says TransLink's man in charge. It needs to expand. So our first, our first um, piece of that is better circulation in the stations with the escalator program and getting more cars out cars that are mostly the same but with a cool feature summer riders will appreciate. Enhanced air conditioning. Jordan Armstrong, Global News. Traffic was temporarily snarled at major U.S. airports today after a Customs and Border Protection Agency computer outage. Travelers flying into the states faced long lines and delays due to the glitch. No word on what caused the breakdown, but the agency says affected systems are coming back online and travelers are being processed accordingly. Officials adding there's no indication the disruption was malicious in nature. Many foreign nationals in Metro Vancouver are monitoring the events unfolding in Hong Kong closely. 
International travelers are also watching the Canadian government's travel advisory ahead of what's expected to be a tumultuous weekend there. Here's Nadia Stewart. Anyone traveling to or through Hong Kong International Airport is mindful of the situation unfolding before the world's eyes. These images are all over the news. It's why these travelers returning to Vancouver were so shocked when they arrived at the airport, finding calm instead of unrest. It was completely cleared. They had cleared it out the night before. I saw the crowds, how they were two days and three days ago, and I was expecting at least some kind of hints of something happening there, but it was completely cleared out. Still, the Canadian government has issued an advisory warning against travel to the region. Since June, images of massive demonstrations have captured the world's attention, initially sparked by the introduction of a controversial extradition bill. Hong Kong Chief Executive Carrie Lam has shelved the proposed legislation, but she's still drawing criticism from many here in Vancouver who say she's done nothing to de-escalate the situation. It seems like it's getting worse, not getting any better. Mabel Tang with the Vancouver Society in support of democratic movement says the situation is bleak, adding they're hearing reports of suicide by frustrated young protesters. They lose hope because they're also scared because they were scared that the police may, um, may um, arrest them. And also on the other hand is um, they lose hope of the democratic movement. Tung says the only hope is for Lam to meet at least one more of the protesters' five demands. Well, I don't see any hope and I don't see any change if um, the government not really backing down. For now, Tung says another demonstration in support of the protesters is set for Sunday in Vancouver. There are also concerns the situation could escalate yet again this weekend in Hong Kong as the unrest boils over into another week. Nadia Stork, Global News. A Nova Scotia woman is the only survivor of a random attack in New Zealand that killed her fiancé. Bianca Buckley of Halifax and Australian native Sean McKinnon were on a surfing trip when a man fired several shots into their camper van while they were asleep. McKinnon was wounded and later died. Buckley managed to escape, reportedly running two kilometres through bush in her bare feet to evade the gunman before calling police. This is a random attack. Uh, by at this stage what we can attribute to a sole offender but due to the circumstances of the attack it is likely that he has confided in members of his community. A suspect has been taken into custody. Ottawa says officials in Wellington, New Zealand have offered consular assistance. A member of a legendary Hollywood family has died. Peter Fonda is best known for his work on the movie that helped define counterculture, Easy Rider, which he co-wrote, produced, and co-starred in. He's the son of actor Henry Fonda, brother of actress Jane Fonda, father of Bridget Fonda. His family says he had lung cancer and passed away peacefully at his home in L.A. Fonda was 79 years old. In Health Matters, there may finally be a glimmer of hope in the battle to combat overdose deaths in our province. The latest statistics from the coroner on illicit drug deaths in June show a significant drop in fatalities over the same month last year. There were 73 suspected fatal overdoses this June. That's down 35% from June 2018, down 15% from May of this year. Over the first six months of this year, 538 deaths tied to drug toxicity, 
down about 30% from the same period last year due to the shrinking number of deaths linked to carfentanil. From a high of 32 back in March to just four in June. Once again, men account for almost 80% of overdose deaths. A northern B.C. company is getting the attention of the royal family and feeling very thankful for an Instagram shout-out from Harry and Meghan. Based in Fort St. John, Bee's Cause is one of 15 businesses worldwide selected as forces of change by the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. Kylie Stanton has more on why the company is creating such a buzz. I just notice how gentle he's being. On their own, they may be small, but backed by thousands, bees are mighty. That's amazing. Still, it's no secret they're facing some major challenges. Bees' cause is working to change that. Starting with nukes, getting them out, having people foster them, keep an eye on them, um, get the benefits of what the bees do. Since starting up in Fort St. John last April, Bees' cause has nearly 50 hives on the go, operating in backyards and urban parks throughout the province, pretty much anywhere people are willing to tend to them. We're just reaping the benefits of it, really. It's, it's, uh, it's a complete no-brainer. It's, it's the simplest thing you could possibly do for the planet and for your own space. The owners are just going to come over and we're going to pull the bottom board and let the girls out. Like many startups, it's been posting updates on social media hoping to generate some buzz, but never expecting to catch the attention of the queen bee. It was a very exciting moment for sure. Bee's Cause is just one of 15 companies worldwide to receive a follow from the Duke and Duchess of Sussex and the only one in Canada. The endorsement providing a huge amount of exposure, given the account's 9.3 million followers. And in a matter of hours, Bee's Cause saw the impact, their following multiplying now past the 7,000 mark. You have got literally a honey of a golden opportunity here. Get some real help so you can cash in and make real value of all of that fantastic pub publicity, because believe me, it doesn't get any better than this. The honor is part of the royal couple's involvement in the 15 Forces for Change campaign, an opportunity to shine a light on those working hard to make a difference in the world. Next month, new accounts will be chosen. So the time to capitalize on the attention is now. Like their bees, backed by thousands, they're ready to thrive. It has definitely worked. Uh, they have tried to make more people aware of our cause, and uh, it's been fantastically successful. Kylie Stanton, Global News. From bees to bumbling. It's a textbook case of how not to break into a shop and steal things, and all of it was caught on camera. That's coming up right after the forecast from West Vancouver, where they're going to be rocking out at Rock Ambleside. That's where Christy is right now with a look at our forecast. How's it look, Christy? Oh, well, it's great here, Chris. You're kicking off the weekend with Streetheart, a band from, a very popular band from uh, Winnipeg, and it's awesome. And tons of people down here, as you can see. This is a very successful event all weekend long. It's in its third year. And we're also in front of the Rock 10, where you can actually still win tickets to this just by socialing out something by and uh, tagging Rock 101. Now, it's going to be a great weekend weather-wise. Not too hot, not too cold, and no rain as far as we can see but let's talk about we love water of course on an average day we use how much water in metro vancouver 1 million liters 10 million 100 million or 1 billion here's your answer right now it is actually 1 billion liters enough to fill 
BC place, an incredible amount of water. For more water saving tips, go to welovewaterdeet.ca now. Let's talk about this weekend forecast. That's what it looks outside right now. Although I'll tell you, it's nice and bright here down by the water. We had a cold front move in and that was what brought the cloud cover and we're going to continue on this trend through the weekend as another pulse of moisture pushes down from the north. Rain will be across northern, central and Columbia regions. For our area though, just cloud cover, although we do have a chance of showers in the Fraser Valley, but mainly dry for the south coast region with a bit of drizzle in the morning. But snow, again, Sunday morning, snow across the north. But for your Saturday, it's just rain. Across the south, we will see partly cloudy skies. And for the south coast, it'll be an overcast Saturday. Little bit of drizzle, possibly. And unfortunately, that's our weekend, everyone. But again, for uh, goers here, uh, concert goers here, that's not bad. A uh, mainly dry weekend is perfect. And then we're back to sunshine for Monday and Tuesday. Chris, back to you as we rock it out down here. Honeymoon Suite, uh, tomorrow Tom Cochran, some big names here this weekend. All the best Canadian acts. What kind of love is this going on in the background? Doesn't get any more Canadian rock than that from Streetheart. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks very much, Christy. All right, a bumbling burglar in Columbus, Ohio, is getting his 15 minutes of fame thanks to, thanks to his effort to rob a general store. You've got to check this out. It's quite funny. Columbus police releasing this video trying to identify the burglar as he stumbled and crashed his way through the break-in. He tried to smash the front glass door using a concrete block, but that ended up breaking. He eventually found his way in, but seemed to have trouble collecting his loot. Surveillance footage shows him falling time and time again. He eventually made off with alcohol, like he needed any more of that, food, cigarettes, and electronics. Police posted on social media saying, we can't make this stuff up. While crime isn't funny, this bobcat burglar handed us these bloopers on a silver platter. His sweatshirt, I think, said bobcat. That's why they call him the bobcat burglar. I always okay. think if, I mean, it's, don't steal from people. But if right. you're stupid and you get caught, you should get double the sentence. I'm sorry, you're an <laughs> I idiot. I support that. You get twice as much as you normally get. Okay, you might think we're talking about front office moves uh, by the white cops. White cops, the white caps. But no, we're talking Canucks. It's just some front, front office news, too. I know. This came uh, late in the day, but uh, the Canucks have given Jim Benning a new contract. His current deal was to run out at the end of the coming season. And quite frankly, you can't have a lame duck GM. Either fire him with a year left or give him an extension. So the Canucks are giving him an extension, avoiding bringing in someone new and starting all over again. Now, Benning has been the Canucks GM since May of 2014. In that time, the team has made the playoffs once. His first season with Willie Desjardins as coach. He's done pretty well at the draft table, not so well with free agents and trades. And... This year, the Canucks will be near the top of the salary cap. He's thinking playoffs this year. Okay, so the Whitecaps want a new boss. Something they haven't done since they came into MLS, and they want someone who has or is going to have even more responsibilities than Bob Linarduzzi had when he was president. Of course, president is a position that no longer exists. Bob Linarduzzi is now a liaison, someone to work the crowd, be there for advice. The new boss won't be in place right away. They are hoping to get one in before the end of this season. More misery heaped on the Whitecaps. 
As they now have five losses in the row. The Whitecaps season has been a colossal struggle. New head coach Mark DeSantos made a lot of changes with this roster, 18 in all from a season ago, and many of those new players just haven't been good enough. Now with the new structure, DeSantos will get some help identifying and recruiting the players that will make the Whitecaps competitive again. And it's something that was addressed when DeSantos was hired late last year. Since since at least November, December, that we've had talks of uh, the need maybe of a technical director, of a sporting director, of someone that that could help more in the soccer side. I think it's a, a sign of humility from our club to say we need this to become better and to grow as a club. The Whitecaps feel they will likely hire someone from outside Major League Soccer, but someone with experience and pedigree and on their way up in the soccer world. Someone who's a student of the game but wants to write new rules, right? We don't want, doesn't that have to be a, uh, I'm not going to wow you guys with a, with a person coming in who's like, oh, great club, big name, been around forever. Not the objective. The objective is somebody, and I've seen this in, in, with the San Francisco Giants with our new baseball president, someone who flips it upside down, use analytics, data, et cetera, but has the ability to pull through and has enough experience that has a network. It's a franchise-defining moment for the Whitecaps. Hire the right person, and it could be the start of something beautiful. If not, it could be just the beginning of even more cruel, cruel summers in Vancouver. Barry DeLay, Global Sports. Cruel summer. That sounds very classic rockish as well. Bananarama, wasn't it? No, I think it was the motels, wasn't it? I don't know. No one's left. No one's helping me here. Uh, Coquitlam, Mexico at the Little League World Series. Matt Shanley with the strikeout there. Canada Trail 1-0 in the third. The Mexican pitcher, Santiago Leja, had 11 strikeouts. Gave up just two hits. 1-0 in the fifth. Coquitlam had some problem with errors, unfortunately. Here's one. Yep. In fact, they had four in this game. The good news is they did lose to Mexico. You don't often get away with committing four errors and winning. But they do have another chance because you're still in until you lose two. And they will play Italy next tomorrow at 3 o'clock our time. And I think Canada has a good chance to beat Italy. All right, round two. Brooks Kepka has Brooks' nose on his shoes. Well, he knows he's in first in the FedEx Cup playoff. And the top 30 in the playoffs will play next week. So Kepka is pretty much assured he will be there next week no matter what he does. But that's a nice birdie putt. Tiger Woods needs to get going. And this is no way to get going. That's the way to get going out of the FedEx Cup playoffs. He's uh, 10 off the lead right now. He needs to be in top 11 to get through. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama. He's playing that. Gives you an idea. That's a beautiful curving birdie on 17. He leads this tournament. How about uh, Canada's Corey Connors pulling out for the bunk from the bunker? Minus nine. Adam Hadwin is also minus nine, tied for fifth. But Hadwin needs to be fourth or better to advance to next week's tournament. Pressure's on. Just planning ahead for what's going to be a spectacular PNE event. Well, I know people are always asking, what are you and Sophie going to try to eat this year on the rides? We know. We can't tell you yet, but we have have something. It's a secret. It'll be a mess, though. Okay, here we go. Satellite debris. Uh, Before we start. So the first commercial is from Sky Sports, and this one shows how wonderful it would be if we all had a caddy like golfers do (laughs) in real life. Okay. 
Why do I have to wear a tie? Why is this always an issue for you? Why? Because your parents are weird. What should we go with here? His breath? Mm-mm. His itty-bitty hands? Too much. Got the mother? At least my mum doesn't hug me like I'm her boyfriend. Who cups a bum, Jeff? Oh, there you go. The perfect shot. Yep, that deserves a fist bump. Coffee bugs. Why didn't they think of this before? Here's an idea. We could just put the coffee in. Oh dear. I've got it! Why don't we put the coffee in the I swear, Monty, there must be a better way. Why don't we just put the blasted coffee in? It's so simple, we just... You take the bags and get it. We should just put the coffee in bags. What's this groundbreaking idea you've got? Hello? Hello? Taylor's coffee bags, ground coffee in a bag. Why didn't we think of them before? That's a good point. Why did no one think of that before? Oh no. Okay, so this next one's not so much funny as it is thought-provoking. It's basically mm. a public service announcement about um, how a lot of kids get out of organized sports because the adults aren't making it fun anymore. Mm -hmm. sports. Baseball, basketball, all of them. I feel like it's time. The pressure that it takes to play at my age is just too much. So I'm done with the endless advice from parents to keep my head up, to keep my head down, to keep my head in the game. I know you think you helped. I'm walking away from the coaches that left me on the bench every time the game was on the line. I'll miss my friends and the fun we had when we were young. I said I'd play this game as long as I was having fun. And now, it's time to call it quits. Any questions? Love it. I like that too. It's good. Okay, the last one, uh, it's an old favorite from Bud Light where uh, I think it's a cockatiel. I'm not really up on my birds. Uh, basically channels his best Al Pacino from Scarface, I think. Here we okay. go. Okay. Bud Light, please. I'd like to buy you that Bud Light. No, thank you. But I insist. Ay, ay, ay. Hey, you don't hear the lady, my friend? You got hair gel in your ears, lover boy? Hey, step back, huh? Step back? I step back to hack and suck right after I plucked you clean like a turkey puppy. Adios, muchacho. Fresh, smooth, real. Bud Light, it's all here. You don't want to go there, puppy. It's kind of Al Pacino, but anyway. It is pretty good. Last word from Christy out at Rock Ambleside. We're off to a great start here at Rock Ambleside. The sun is starting to peek out, and I'll tell you, Street Heart has put on an awesome performance. Lots of more coming up this weekend. All right, back to you guys. Lots of air guitar out there in West Van. Okay, thanks very much, Christy. Thanks for watching. Have a great weekend.